The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this special Tuesday playoff episode of This League, Embiid, Rutrow, Rutrow Embiid is hurt again. Daryl Morey is furiously tweeting again. LeBron really fucking hates Orlando, I guess. Fans are still back on their bullshit, and we go through more playoff storylines. Marty, do me a favor and drop that Mickey Mouse beat. Right, let's take a look at what's happening around the league. Something a little like light, like a an amuse bouge, if you will, to wet your appetite, wet your palate <laughs> to get into the playoffs. Just something like easy. We're talking about players getting assaulted around the NBA in arenas. Yeah, casual. We're, we're talking about casual racism in arenas. Yep. Just something to wet your appetite, folks. We talked about the popcorn incident. Popcorn being thrown on Russell Westbrook. We talked about Trey Young getting spit on. We've talked about the you are balding chance. And now we have fans running, running onto the court while a game is going on and having to get tackled by the security. Whoa. We have a bottle being thrown at Kyrie Irving's head, which even for you is unacceptable as a Kyrie Irving hater. Of course. And that's after he said, That's after he said, let's keep it strictly hoops. We have a beer being thrown on Emmanuel Quickly. What did Emmanuel Quickly do wrong? At a home game. At a home game. (laughs) And we also have Kyrie Irving stomping on Lucky, the leprechaun. Never knew he had a name. Never knew until just now. Don't you feel like that was actually kind of good for us to know? Yeah, sure. I didn't know. I didn't know that. All of it, sort of, we'll call it alarming at this point in time, given that we've been in a pandemic for so long. Mm -hmm. We also have big baby Davis coming after (laughs) Kyrie Irving for stepping on said leprechaun and being like, yo, that's disrespectful to every Boston Celtic ever. And you know what? You about to get, you about to catch hands in real life. Whoa. Excuse me, big baby Davis. All right, Glenn, you're probably bumming around bad news (laughs) right now. What are you? I love you though. I love you though. What are you even doing? And then Kevin Durant is like, Bitch, please. Bitch. He put like 72 crying, laughing emojis and then said, bitch, please. You're not going to do shit, Big Baby Davis. That happened. <laughs> that happened on, on Instagram. I know you're not a big Instagram guy, but that happened. Oh, I'm a huge Instagram guy. But I'm so team Big Baby there. I know what happened to Kyrie is horrible and fuck that fan forever, obviously. But Big Baby's my LSU guy. So as ridiculous as it was for him to include himself in it. He like. should have not been included. <laughs> And it's not breaking news to say that shit goes down at TD Garden that is low-key racist. 
I don't mean to paint an entire fan base as that way, but Boston does not have a great history in race relations when it comes to fandom. Is that too far of a stretch? Uh, I'd say, I, I'd say no. I'd no. say no. You, you thought about it. It's like too many things for you to say no. Even though all fans know casually, know it. Any somewhat passionate fan of the NBA knows mm, some shit happens at TD Garden. Mm, lots been happening. Apparently, Danny fucking Ainge, GM of the Boston Celtics, been a part of the Boston Celtics organization for 26 years, said, over all my time, I've never heard a peep of this. <laughs> never heard one word. Not one. What? Not one word. Seriously, this is what he said. I've never heard of any racism in Boston. I've never heard any of that from any player that I've ever played with in my 26 years in Boston. I've never heard that before from Kyrie. And I've talked to him quite a bit, Marty. So I don't know. When he says, so I don't know, what is he doing there? He's saying Kyrie Irving's a fucking liar. So I don't know. I've talked to him a lot. And he's never mentioned it once until now. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. What? Bitch, please. Bitch, no one believes you. Let's go through. In case Danny H has been living under a Boston rock, let's just acquaint him with the history. Tristan Thompson, current Boston Celtic, mere few days ago, said he experienced racist comments inside a TD Garden as a Cleveland Cavalier. It was tough as a visitor, he said. July 2020, the great Bill Russell came out probably in touch with Danny Ainge on a regular basis, would you imagine? Yeah, probably. Probably yeah. in touch. Yeah. He told Bleacher Report, I've been called a baboon, a coon, and the N-word during Celtics games. That guy played for the Celtics, and he heard all of that. Holy shit. Marcus Smart said he was called the N-word from a woman, get this, from a woman rocking an Isaiah Thomas jersey with her children in the parking lot of TD Garden when he was leaving a game. He said, I've heard a couple of them. It's sad and sickening. Even though it's an opposing team, we've had guys on our home team that you're saying these racial slurs to and you expect us to go out and play for you. It's tough. Wow. Impossible that Danny Ainge is immune to all of this news. Just impossible. <laughs> He's not heard a peep of any of this. Just big news coming out of his organization with his current players and former greats making massive headlines on massive platforms. Marcus Smart, Smart wrote a Players Tribune article about this. I remember that. Yep. Bill Russell had a Bleach Report article written about it. It was big time headlines and all for all of that. Danny Ainge missed it all. How about when DeMarcus Cousins had to have a fan removed for life and banned in 2019 because he was uh, heckled and given racial slurs to? How about that? Then you have Jalen Brown talking about, yeah, Boston, we have a lot of work to do. He's tiptoeing around the idea of it all. You know he has things to say, and he's not going to say anything. He's like, listen, not my place. I'm a bo current Boston Celtic, ride or die Boston Celtic for now. And Danny. You know what's happening. You know what's happening. What are we doing? And then after the guy, game, some guy from Braintree, Massachusetts, threw a bottle at Kyrie Irving after Kyrie Irving said, let's keep this about basketball, no subtle racism. 
And he said, Kyrie, in the postgame, it's unfortunate that sports has come to this kind of crossroads where you are seeing old ways come up, underlying racism and treating people like they are in a human zoo. That's not good, I would say. No. Uh, Lillard then said where he thinks this is all leading. It's happening every game. They are not going to be happy till they do it to the wrong guy and get what they want. Brad Beal said, this is the best one, I think. They're not going to try me. I don't want to get into some ghetto shit, but these hands work. These hands work. A fan is going to get their ass whooped. It's a pretty cool quote. Very cool quote. (laughs) From a guy like Bradley Beal, completely likable, charismatic, wants no smoke, is just like, listen, you don't want smoke with me. So, yeah, I'd say that's the it's, that's that's the danger here, right? Like, that's the danger of when you say a word, when you say a slur, and then throw something at someone, you are now liable to get physical. Yeah. No, and I thought what Dame said uh, was actually very smart, like, to go on, like, the broader scope of just fans acting like assholes at every single NBA game here. They are going to do it at the wrong time, and it's just the amount of times it keeps happening, it's just going to keep getting more and more annoying, and someone is going to snap. And yeah, and that's going to be so unfair. To that player. To that player, yeah. So unfair to that player, because it's almost like it's not exactly the same thing at all, so I don't want to make it out to be. But you know when like a guy throws the first elbow in the game, and then the guy responds, and Mm -hmm. then the second guy is always the one who gets teed up and ejected? That's what's going to happen to players. It's like you're not protecting them. They're getting items thrown at them the entire time. Now you're getting triggering racial slurs thrown at the same time. What do you expect is going to happen? Like... It's 100% going to be DeAndre Ayton in the Western Conference Finals, too. I just I already see it coming. <laughs> so, Danny, let's just not stick our head in the sand anymore. I would say it's only going to get worse if you keep pretending it's not real. Just pretending that this doesn't exist, that like somehow Kyrie Irving made up to TD Garden does this because he doesn't like Boston anymore because of the way that he left and the way that fans are treating him. And he's just somehow like concocted the entire NBA to say, yeah, you're right. Like TD Garden's been racist as hell. And that somehow has to do with flat earth. Kyrie Irving is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, truthfully, this makes why this is why people in the NBA don't like Boston. This is why this is why NBA fans don't root for you. This is why as much as I want, I shit talk Marcus Smart and it has nothing to do with Marcus Smart. I love him. But the organization as a whole, because of this type of shit, is really, really hard to root for. This is something you should already know. I said it already before. Oh, man. Speaking of problematic Boston fans, let's talk about Bill Simmons for a second. Okay. (laughs) Rich Paul came out and said, basically, the only Simmons I acknowledge is Benjamin. Rich Paul, super agent, happens to be LeBron's best friend, just went, I think he was in the New Yorker. He was featured in the New Yorker, and he went all in on Bill Simmons and said that Bill Simmons' comments about LeBron's decision were racially insensitive and inflammatory. He said, <clears throat> this is what Bill Simmons said about LeBron. I don't know if you remember this, but he said... This is yeah. This was written a long time ago. Like right after it happened. Right yeah. after it happened. Yeah. He said, this is a long grudge then, right? It's a long grudge, <laughs> okay? I blame the people around LeBron. I blame the lack of father figure in his life. Pause. Pause. You just can't say that to bad one 
That's a bad one. Why is it a bad one? I don't need to say it so directly, but there is a stereotype about father figures in the community that LeBron James grew up in that paints a picture that is very unfair and creates all kinds of implicit bias. And Bill Simmons saying that as a member of the media is wrong. So anyway, can't say that. So then he said, I blame us for feeding his narcissism to the point that he referred to himself in the third person five times in 45 minutes. By the way, LeBron James still refers to himself in the third person. So I don't think that's changed. (laughs) He just did it like yesterday. I blame local and national reporters, including myself, for not doing a good enough job explaining to athletes like LeBron what sports means to us and how it is a marriage for better or for worse. Pause. Why do you need to mansplain LeBron James about the marriage between the fans and athletes? (laughs) (laughs) What? That's crazy. And that we're much more attached to these players and teams than they realize. I don't think they fucking care how attached we are to where they play. They don't. They don't. Yeah. They don't. The decision was a very weird uh, event for me and my basketball fandom. Why? I hated it. I hated it so much. And and I think people got caught up they into thinking like oh they shouldn't be able to do this like i was i never thought that they should be able to do whatever the fuck they want they shouldn't care what i have to say but i i just i didn't like but think about what this it did florida they did that with Corey brewer and al horford they threw a huge fucking thing in the gym you now have kids going on tv saying where they're gonna go and where they're gonna commit mm-hmm. the decision is not so unique now it it just set the path for turning a decision into content and making it a hoopla and making it something that drove ratings and like the whole hat thing what hat you put on it's just because it was brawn and it was because of the way that it was produced like actually technically produced from a visual perspective that yeah. made it weird like jim gray jim, yeah. yeah i hate jim gray i've, n- I've never been a big he fan is either. so <laughs> fake he's such a ball washer and it's like Tom Brady loves him, too. And he's just so slimy and snaky. I've met him before. He's just snaky and condescending. And it's like anything with Jim Gray. I think Jim Gray ruined LeBron's reputation with the decision. If Jim Gray wasn't there, I know this is like a reach. But if Jim Gray wasn't there and it wasn't like that, but he did say not four, not five, not six, not seven. Like, I don't think it's nearly as bad. So anyway, back to Bill Simmons. Speaking of condescending. Yeah, just a rough quote. Just a very rough quote, I would say. Rich Paul obviously has not forgotten. He said, this is why I don't speak to Bill Simmons. (laughs) This right there, that one. A lot of this has to do with race. He wouldn't have said that about Larry Bird. He wouldn't have said that about J.J. Redick. You get what I'm saying? The decision 10 years ago is the norm today. It's what everyone wants to do. Kids won't even decide where they go to college without it being a production. And Bill Simmons decides to say something like that speaking of hard people to like bill simmons bill simmons says some shit where it's like i know you think you're so in tune with the culture but you are so out of touch with the culture like even the stuff around the ringer and what was going on with the hiring there and like the policies that he thought he was doing for inclusion that he like was not it's just it he says a lot of i say trigger phrases in the in the in the hopes to be funny, right? I don't mm-hmm. want anyone quoting me. Like, I want <laughs> no one ever to be like, 
what was said on this league is like news, like real thought provoking, like take <laughs> as a headline. This is a hundred percent driven to crack jokes and like be funny like you do with your friends. But Bill Simmons, like what Bill Simmons says is like taken as fucking he wrote a book about basketball. Like people take his word as gospel. So he says that shit about LeBron, there's actual impact there. And, you know, he just needs to fucking stop it. He just needs to not say things. He needs somebody really to come and be like, Psst, don't say that. <laughs> Psst, that's racially insensitive. Everybody needs that. Everybody, everybody that looks like me needs somebody like that to be like, yo, yo, nope, you can't say that anymore. I know you thought that was okay. <laughs> that's not okay. But what I can say is this. There's a hundred percent possibility of this. There's no way we ever see Bill Simmons on the shop. Am I right? <laughs> that would be that would be a wild one. That would be like the uh, like the magic Isaiah Thomas sit right? down. <laughs> yeah, it's like twenty five years from now. Anyway, this league. I don't know about you, Marty, but the pandemic has been an emotionally trying time. I needed to find some, we'll call it professional help to get myself right to yeah. do some human growth, some self help, and. We're going to get serious for a second. This year, like I said, has been hard on people. That's why we're doing something new. We're partnering with a new sponsor, which is, I think it's super dope. It's called BetterHelp Online Therapy in the Zoom era. It's all that matters, right? Right. We do appreciate our listeners. Without you, none of of this will be possible. Uh, Once in a while, we want to do something good. Uh, It's not just jokes. It's not just laughs. Maybe uh, it is for you, but maybe it's not. A lot of us take good care of our bodies, and some people don't. But with a tough year, um, this has been tough for to think about all the dark things happening around the world. Uh, and sometimes we need to be thinking about our minds just as much as we do our bodies. There's a misunderstanding what therapy is. A lot of people say it's like shrinks and they go in and they tweak with your mind. I have benefited quite a bit this year from therapy. So I think it can be whatever you want it to be. It does not have to be sitting around talking about your feelings. Sometimes for weeks on end, I just like I just like vent about work to my therapist. Just let her just like be the emotional dumping ground for me (laughs) to just (laughs) basically talk about my problems like a happy hour. Uh, That happened a lot for me. There were times where everything was technologically not working. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know whether I was going to get extended. I didn't know what was going to happen. She was there. A lot of people battle with their temper. Sometimes their stress is too much to manage. They have depression or anxiety. I think some of our former employees have talked a lot about this. If this is you... You could use therapy. I think everybody, I think basically everyone, no matter where they're at, from stress, anxiety to just needing a tune-up, could use therapy to make their life easier, to just make it easier to communicate with people um, in a healthy way. Everyone's struggling with something. It's just facts. No shame. You do not have to tell everyone your personal business, but you can talk to a therapist about it privately. Also, if you have a wife or husband or a boyfriend or girlfriend, don't tell that to them. Tell it to your therapist. <laughs> Just make your make your relationship better uh, by Better Health Therapy. Better Help is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't actually have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, so. You don't have to just wake up like this. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really all about. It's a a good time to invest (laughs) in yourself. I mean, because you are your greatest asset, you cannot 
Pour from an empty cup, as they say. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Trista. Oh, I got my own code. That's BetterHelp.com slash Trista. T-R-Y-S-T-A. Just to make it a Boston trifecta off top, why not just talk about Jason Tatum as well? This, though, has nothing to do with race. This has to do with him just being one of the best players on the planet in some of the biggest moments in the NBA when your back is against the wall and people think you are not shit. So I, I was like talking to somebody about this and they said, I think I was talking to Mike Wilbon and he said, Jason Tatum thinks he's the best scorer on the court, no matter who's there. And, and I was thinking about that for hours, like a lot of time. How do you at 23 years old get to the point where you see guys like KD James Harden, Kyrie, we'll just put them for now, right? Like, because that's who he's playing against. And you say to yourself, I'm better at scoring than them. Like, I am much better at doing that than them. As a logical, rational, young player, how do you get to that level of delusion? That's (laughs) what I said to myself. Right? How do you, like, on one hand, be so good at something and also mentally very delusional. And then he played and put up 50. This was after, this was before the 50 point game. He put up 50 and then he put up 40. And I was like, I mean, you're wrong, Trista. He could be, he could become <laughs> the best scorer on earth. When he's attacking the way he has been, he's so effective because he gets, he's so big and strong. He gets fouled all the time. Like, what do you shoot? Like, 19 free throws, like, or last, when was was the game? Last night? 14 for 22. Just, yeah. 19 free throws, 100% from the field, put up 40, put up 50. And the way that he does it, too, it just looks effortless. Mm -hmm. His footwork is impeccable. How long he is, his bag, he's never been like hurt yet. You know, he hasn't had anything, any significant soft tissue damage. So he is like, smooth his jump shot is pure he's got a soft touch from just about everywhere Everywhere. yeah his mid-range from deep like slashing his handles holy fuck i was like maybe he could be better than kevin Durant. maybe he could become a better scorer than james harden maybe he could be a better i mean he's bigger he can do all the things that Kyrie can do well i mean not every single thing but you know what i'm saying he can Mm -hmm. do almost everything that Kyrie can do only he's what eight inches taller at least. So. Or probably not eight, actually. But yeah. What is he? Six, eight? Yeah, that's be my guess. Ky- yeah. Kyrie's like six, two. So yeah. five inches. Whatever. Either way, that's a lot of extra height for what he can do. So I guess I was the one that was delusional, not him. Father's Day is right around the corner. And Barstool Sports has your gifting covered for you this year. We have polos and quarter zips for the golfing dads or T-shirts and hoodies for the more cash dads. Head to store.barstoolsports.com to find the perfect gift for your dad or your daddy. Uh, I was going to skip over Sixers Wizards altogether because there was just no reason to talk about the most boring series uh, on earth. <laughs> and then rut row. There's always one like that. Where it's like, God, this is a snooze fest. Yeah. Overall, the playoffs this first round have been not ideal. Yeah, it could have been better. It looked better like early on in series, but now game yeah. one, game two, you're like, oh yeah, especially that Heat and Milwaukee series, which we'll get to. So game four, <laughs> Embiid get got hurt coming down on his heel, 
creating what looked like a shockwave into the knee. Actually, this was the first Rutrow Embiid, wasn't it? He did that same thing when I tweeted Rutrow Embiid. He came down hard and shook the knee like a little earthquake. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) who knows how long he'll be out? Who knows whether it's going to hinder the team or hinder him when he comes back? Uh, All we know is that the 76ers look pretty fucking bad without him. Yeah, I think he's getting an MRI like right now as we're recording. So we'll 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 know more in a minute. But yeah, no, I mean, doesn't look like he's playing game five. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, man. So the evidence for myself and for everyone who says, Trista, you're just a Sixers hater. Uh, is the second half of game four when despite having horribly no good nights from Russ and Beal, they were awful. The Wizards still managed to win. Russ was three for 19, for God's sake. Three for 19. And Washington still won by eight points. (laughs) I something, swear to God, I've never seen, I think in my entire life, a point guard getting purposefully fouled with three less than just less than three minutes left in the game. <laughs> not 15 <laughs> seconds, not 20 seconds because he's the only one who's going to have the ball. It's no, we're hack a shacking Ben Simmons. Hack a shacking. I have one that's a maybe. Uh, Rhonda, would they ever do that with him? What I don't know if he ever lifetime got- free throw percentage. I, I just remember him being bad. I don't remember him ever being fouled. That Did was just you ever where my... remember him going one, uh, one for 12 from the free throw line? Uh, no. Did you ever remember him going zero for 10? No, Ooh. not that bad. <laughs> ben Simmons has become such a liability on the free throw line that the Wizards foul him on purpose and it worked twice. They went from a tie game to up to just by playing hack a shack on Ben Simmons. Yeah. That is crazy. He is shooting right now 5 for 20 from the free throw line. That's 25%. Yeah. Good Lord. Which makes Doc Rivers' quote uh, today uh, kind of um, weird because he was just like, yeah, I mean, if you may, because I've always kind of thought this. I've used this logic when people get mad at guys if they like split free throws because like you still would take one possession, one point. Per possession, free, like you, yeah, you always take that. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Doc Rivers was like, "What? Like, like the analytics come out if you get one point per possession, it's fine." It's like you're not. <laughs> 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 you're getting one point every two sets yeah. of free throws. Yeah. And watching him in the final two minutes, the rest of his team literally did everything possible to avoid getting in the ball, which means you know he's not even involved, can't be involved on the offensive side of the ball. Even when he got a rebound, he's not going to go up. He has to. Did you see him like literally like play hot to, hot potato with oh, the yeah. fucking basketball? Yeah, yeah, with that pass out to Cor- oh uh, Korkmaz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could only impact the game by rebounding and being on defense, which even though he's supremely gifted at those two things, at the end of the game, when you need a bucket, which is what I've been saying all fucking year, and you can't rely on your point guard to get you a bucket, I mean, fucking Rutro and Doc Rivers being like, oh, you know, he's special in all these other ways. It's like, I want to say it's like a parent who knows that they have a child that's limited and they just want (laughs) to emphasize all the other great things that their kids does, kids do, but they like can't do math. It's like (laughs) your kid's failing at algebra. 
Like, and you're just telling me about how good of an artist he is. Like, we're talking about algebra right now. I don't want to hear about his fucking paint by number skills. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, what did you think about the Russ foul? Which one? The one that they reviewed oh, for the, flagrant. I mean, how many how many games would Russell Westbrook miss if that person was LeBron James and not Ben Simmons? I know oh, you thought sure. it was a yeah. flagrant. I just if you're not making a play on the ball, like all he was doing was going up to force free throws. And sure. if that's the only if, if that's the only thing you're doing on defense, whether it should be a flagrant or whatever, he shouldn't be allowed to do what he did. Well, here's the thing. Intentional fouls, though, as soon as people get the ball, they're not going after, quote unquote, the ball. They're pushing on, they're shoving them, they're grabbing. Yeah, but it's jersey. for the point of stopping the ball. Once you're once you've engaged in a shot, it's a shooting foul, though. For sure. So it's not an intentional foul. For sure. Yeah. I thought it was not a flagrant. I thought Ben Simmons, maybe to avoid that, just make your fucking free throws. So. That's all I think. Tough, tough look. What does this mean going forward? It means probably nothing. <laughs> probably nothing. If if I have to be real, the Sixers will probably win this series. I would say there's a great chance, even without Embiid, that they do. But they don't look they don't look good without him. And even if they come out of the series, which more than likely they will, because I mean Washington's just not very good yeah. right now, specifically. Yeah. Don't want to whisper that. They may want to drop like one more to give Embiid a little more time. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Like, just take it to seven and allow allow Embiid to just get as much rest as he can before the second round. Because when he comes back, they're going to need him. You can't be out there limited with a knee issue. Which is again, we ha- haven't we talked about this? If Embiid gets hurt, everything goes out the window. Yeah. But could you imagine the Hawks going to the Eastern Conference Finals because they just locked in to a Sixers team without Embiid? That would be fucking wild. That would be. Nate damn. McMillan, my Nate McMillan take, would go so cold. <laughs> so cold. This went from a guaranteed sweep to just very, very interesting. As an aside, Daryl Twitter fingers Maury. Daryl Maury, when he's on the road, because what, what I think he was, he was like hanging out at near Capital One Arena in like the Ritz Carlton or wherever he was in his bed, just tweeting away. He reached deep. Did you see this tweet? No. He reached deep into the GIF bag. Not gift. Oh, I did. GIF yeah. uh-huh. for his post-game tweet. And he said, live look at the device used by quote-unquote analysts tonight coming up with new narratives for the game. And along with a GIF of a tiny abacus on a ring. <laughs> Where did he find that GIF? I, I wonder. Know. What was he searching for? Maybe someone's, yeah, I don't know. That is interesting. Yeah, let's find that out. I would ve- be very curious. We need to find out where that gift the came from. The yeah. origins of that gift. Mm-hmm. Because that's not something that just comes up on recommended. No, it's not a normal, yeah. <laughs> it's no. not a recommended gift. First of all, I just want to say this too. Daryl Morey is now currently following me on Twitter. Really? He is now currently following me on Twitter. No idea why. That's how you know you hit the big time. No idea why. This is how it went down. I got a blue check mark notification from, you know how you have like, do you, like I have somebody who follows me that's called Lou Dort's Burner. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like people use names of GMs and whatever, owners, coaches, players. Yeah, and then th- they like thought it was one of those. They flip it and reverse it. And that's exactly what I thought it was. Yeah. Because Daryl Morey has like some weird stuff going on in, in his, his name. picture. No, in oh, his oh, name. Oh, okay. It's like yeah. a it's like um looks like a pillar almost. Pillar in his name. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, who is this like content creator? Look at his Twitter. You can see what I'm talking about. And 
I'm like, who is this content creator? Oh, 245,000 or 255,000 followers this list guy is. Who does he work for? And it's like president of basketball operations for the Sixers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, this is Daryl Morey following me on Twitter. And I'm like, why? Why would he do that? Why would the why would you do that? The president, follow me, active Ben Simmons slanderer, active rut row Embiid. I think it was because of the video that we nice, nice video we did about Matisse Thibel being DPOY quality <laughs> quantity. I think it coincided with that. That's probably the that. one he saw, yeah. He saw that. <laughs> he tweets out a lot of Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, nice, positive. I think there was a nice, positive feature on Matisse. So that might have been. He'll probably unfollow me soon. He'll see. He'll see. That'll be fun to track. It's going to be fun to track. I've screenshotted it, though. <laughs> I have the I have the receipts. Um, so, yeah, I would say, is it possible the Wizards could come back and win this series? I mean, about as possible as me completely rebuilding my gross-ass jumper. That's very low, very, very low probability. Um, what a roller coaster Clippers Mavs has been. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. You think first Clips in seven. That was what we thought first, right? Like, right when the game, like, right when the series. I think I thought Clips in seven. I'm clips pretty sure if you six. went back, that's what I yeah, probably I said. said. Clips yeah. in six. I said Clips in seven. And then it was Mavs in four. <laughs> when it was 2-0, maybe not for you, because you're just like much more measured than me. <laughs> you're just a much more measured basketball fan than me. Uh, now I think clips in six. Yeah, no, mine, mine's looking pretty good right now, Yours I think. I mean, good. they with the Doncic injury, I mean, I'm not, I know we're going to get to that, but he it's really affecting his passing. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Pandemic P was here. Now playoff P is here. No one could stop Luca. Now everyone, you know, Luca looks hampered. Is he really hurt? Kawhi was unstoppable, but he can't card Luca. Just so many things that just kept changing game by game. Like you couldn't call it at all. Could not tell you what was going to happen with the series, but I knew it was going to be hot. And then the, the Mavs absolutely dog walked the Clips in Los Angeles after the first two games. They came back to Dallas to put the stake in the heart and fucking Clippers came back to life. Not only did they resurrect themselves and tie the series, but now Luka Doncic, like you said, might be hurt. Apparently, sometime in the first half of Game 3, Luka tweaked his neck? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Uh, just a tweak? Yeah. Just like a, <laughs> just like a thing? I don't know. And truthfully, just has not looked the same, especially off-ball. Like when he's running around, yeah. he's passing. He just doesn't look like he has enough motion in his body. He's still putting up decent numbers. Mavs coach Rick Carlisle says he's in pain. It appeared to me that he couldn't turn left. What? You just can't Cl- turn left? N- turn his neck left or his whole like he clearly, just turn left? Yeah, he clearly had some mobility like stuff with it. Like I, Again, I saw it more when he was passing uh, than anything else. There were certain like passes that he usually makes that he wasn't getting. And he, yeah. He couldn't turn his neck to the left, and that's difficult for a guy that relies on his peripheral vision and has basically played his whole life with his head on a swivel. Yeah, I mean, now he's like in a little like, he's just like in a little <laughs> box. It's like when you're in a small car with the windows all fucked up. And Lucas says himself, the pain is like a neck and nerve down. Uh, I don't really know how to explain that. It felt way better today than yesterday. I just keep doing massages, icing it down. I'll be ready for Wednesday. And so guess what now? There are pundits out there, pundits that you may know, um, claiming that Luca is faking his injury. And of course, leading the charge is one and only (laughs) Skip Bayless, of course. 
And all of a sudden, he started to wear down in the fourth quarter. And the next thing I know, I see him on the bench, and he's got some, is it a heating pad? I guess it's in a high suit. I don't know. Okay. And then all of a sudden, he's got some neck problem. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. <laughs> he looked just fine last night. He was in stretches, just scoring at will. But now, stretches. He's all of these in pain. He can't turn his head sideways. I have no idea, but I don't trust it. And I thought they were building in the narrative last night that, hey, if he goes hero and he's incredible, then everybody says, wow, how did he do that playing hurt? And <laughs> now that they've lost, he's got an excuse. Oh, he's hurt. Skip, skip. I don't know. That's a tough one. He said, I don't know. He could be hurt, could not be, could be faking it, could not be. Listen. I am a cynical, cynical person, but even me has a hard time to b- the b- believing that Luca is just going to pretend to not be able to move his neck. Like he's just still putting up 30 and wants to just not play as well because he's fake hurt. Why would you do that? Why would you play worse on purpose when you're not actually hurt and elevate the level of your injury? Yeah, it was a dumb thing to say. Let's. So I had a friend, I have a friend who's like embedded in the NBA, who is like big conspiracy theorist as well. And he's like, yeah, Luke has been doing this since the Euro League. Watch for it. Watch for it. Next game. Watch for it. I will be watching for it. <laughs> I, I, I will be watching for it. Here's the thing. I don't know if the Mavs would have won even if Luca was 100% healthy. Because the Clippers want now to, they've changed their game plan. They Here it is. The Ty Lu adjustment that Marty wanted, right? <laughs> right, yeah. It can Ty Lu adjust. It appears that he did. The Clippers now want to play slow. They are no longer going to keep up with the Mavs trying to push the pace. When other pl- teams play fast, they have in the past got spun up, sped up, and lost. That was, I think Brian Windhorst earlier in the season said that was the the Clippers' main Achilles heel was that other teams could speed them up and make them rush. They want to play painfully slow and shoot a shitload of threes. So Ty Lue, very early in game two, realized that he could not keep up with the Mavs and Dallas had such a lead, they couldn't even catch up. So in game game three, Ty Lue made such a massive change to the lineup, especially given what the Mavs do well. The Mavs are huge. I think we said Jalen Brunson is like the smallest guy. like the guy, only short guy, yeah. And everybody else is like 6'5 and above. So Ty Lue went small ball. Fucking incredible. The Clippers ran out of a starting five where no one was taller than 6'8. <laughs> and that included Rondo and Batum in the starting lineup. When the Mavs tried to exploit the height differential by posting up, Clippers just deflected the ball, stealed multiple like jumping the passing lane yeah. tons of them yeah tons they, of them they hardly they hardly played zubak i think too they did right? not yeah. start zubak yeah batum said after the game that when he was told he'd be starting at center which was not the storyline <laughs> i expected being the had the adjustment between games two and three he studied game film from boris diaw and draymond green they're two of the best defenders in the last 10 years Boris and Draymond. They're two of the best at doing what I needed to do. Small centers. They can play power forward and they can play one through five. That's what I did yesterday. I tried to inspire myself from those two guys. 
again, I say, you wanted that Ty Lue adjustment. Here it fucking is, Marty. Yeah, I mean, the Mavs cooling off from three certainly helps. Even, But <laughs> the Mavs in game three shot, what, 50%, 47% from three, and they still lost. That's tr- That's fair. They lost that game. This guy, Nick Batum, stretch five. That was not the adjustment I saw happening. The guy that Neil Olshay said you could swing a a dead cat in the arena and hit a fan, and that fan would be better than Nick Batum. That guy was the linchpin (laughs) of the fucking Clippers restructuring lineup to compete with the Mavs and come back. That is insane. He said, Ty Lue, we really needed to simplify things. And damn, if it wasn't simple, a man run the offense through Kawhi and PG, make the Mavs beat you from the outside, let them go cold. And when the Mavs shot five for thir- from five for thirty from three, they are fucking dead like that dead cat Neil O'Shea was talking about in the arena. And all of a sudden, this series got tight. The Lakers are fucked. They are fucked. They are super fucked. You Lakers are in trouble without AD. They are Braun. I mean, they are the Cleveland Cavaliers. Pretty close. It's it, it's a similar vibe when he's not in there. Like you have Mark Gasol out there as like a stabilizer. Like they are. Who, by the way, was going to get cut? Mark Gasol, <laughs> an essential piece of the Lakers' first round hopes to get past the Suns. Mark Gasol. I mean, this is the Los Angeles Cavs. AD is hurt. KCP is hurt. For some reason, Montrezl Harrell is a healthy scratch. Yeah, that one's weird. I don't really know exactly what the what the case is with that. Andre Drummond is overweight. He just gets switched on the guards and then he gets played off the floor. We it, it's it's kind of what I said before the series started. After I watched the the Golden State game, I was like, people are going to be able to get him off. Find a way to get him off the court. Yeah, absolutely. And now they have to play Mark Gasol. They have to play him basically as a starter tonight. Yeah, I mean he 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 won't start. I would I would doubt that, but he he yeah, he's going to play a shit ton of minutes. When like, when you have Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis on the court, I was talking about this the other day, maybe today. You have a pillar. Andre Drummond is like a pillar in the middle of the paint. He's not moving much. He's like a very slow pillar. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Davis is hypermobile with crazy wingspan, and so if you're trying to go into the paint as a guard, you're going to get blocked by one of those two dudes. When it's just Andre Drummond, you can go around a fucking pillar. There's yeah. plenty of guys that are training around like stable objects that they can just use their footwork and get around. Like Andre Drummond is a fucking like, it's just hyper immobile. We'll yeah. Call him. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just this guy that's like turned into the dude that wears the white t-shirt into the pool. Like he's probably <laughs> it, gained 40 pounds. It's just funny how quickly things can change. Now, I mean, I know we've been trending in this direction for a long time now, but like it, Drummond's still been good. And like, he's still been able to impact games. It's just like, now we've just gotten to that point where speed is rewarded at every corner and size really isn't anymore. So, and strength. Yeah. You saw that with LeBron James, like LeBron James was, what did you think about that? That, that slight tackle by Jay Crowder, you being the Suns um, fan that you are. I think he was right to be upset about it, but like, I mean, get the fuck over it. Like, was it a, was it a flagrant? It could have been, but, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No. It wasn't. But yeah, on the, on the final play though, he, after Aiden came down and dunked or Aiden, I, I forget. They may have scored or we got the rebound. He shoves Aiden like 
from behind. And that's when we went down and Jay hit the three to put us put us up 10 with a minute 30, basically iced the game. So, yeah, Ice. no, no sympathy for LeBron there. None. Also, man, a bit salty about the Lakers organization right now. Like we said, Montrez Harrell reigning sixth man of the year. Yeah. Average 23 and a half minutes and 14 points per game in the regular season for the Lakers. But for some reason, in the last three playoff games, had two healthy scratches and four minutes and 41 seconds in game four. He is not. He is not stoked. No. It's a lot of, lot of dollar signs flying out the window. Well, w- watching the Lakers, I agree. Watching the Lakers lose from the bench uh, after the game, he tweeted out, the worst fucking feeling is wasted time. That's actually that's actually incorrect. The worst <laughs> feeling, actually, I waste a lot of time, and it's a great feeling. I watch Netflix. I sit on the couch. I order DoorDash. I pet my dog. I do nothing. I do vegetable mode. Yeah. That would be considered to many people a waste of, time, waste of time. Really, what he means by that is the worst feeling in the world is other people wasting your fucking time. That's basically what he means. Mm-hmm. If he's going to waste his own time, Netflix and chilling, cool. But if... Fucking Frank Vogel, the we'll call it the Lakers coaching savant. Like Frank Vogel's not gonna win coach of the year. Ever. Like ever. No, 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 no. <laughs> So Harold could have stayed with the Clippers. He he had that option mm-hmm. to be there. He had a lot of options. He could have gone to a lot of contenders and gotten big minutes. Six man of the year. Major tough guy vibes, dog vibes. Yeah, and you go to the Lakers, and they don't even play you in the first round. And he played good in the bubble too. Like played so, he was coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we doing here? I, it, it, I've been thinking about it, and I don't understand why they. Why what they do you think tried. is going on? I don't know. Like maybe it's just like a team internal thing, but like it makes no sense why they're not trying it. You he know, played I mean, okay in game one. Yeah. He had a couple of good, like, he's a good energy guy, at least off the bench. Mm-hmm. If I mean, if you're going to start, I know that you won't start Marcus Gasol, but say you did. And then you brought Montrez Harrell off the bench and just kept Andre Drummond off, period. Why not try that? Why not? Yeah. I Why don't not know. try it? Why not? Yeah. I mean, when Marcus Gasol is a critical piece of your offense, and when a month ago you were thinking about, like, completely eliminating him from your roster, this is a big problem. I mean, just things, things, Marty, I'm sure you have a lot of empathy for it, right? Like just things you hate to see. <laughs> yeah, no, this is horrible. This, this is, is just, awful. This is the worst. Those fans have been through so much. Like, It's just awful. It's, I hate to see that purple and gold go through such yeah. adversity. There's such, such a passionate, passionate fan base. They, yeah. You're right. Well. They don't deserve this. <laughs> they don't deserve this. And now it appears AD will not be playing in game five of Phoenix. And if you want my true thoughts, I don't think he plays for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not getting too ahead of myself there. It's definitely going to affect him the rest of the series, and he and he is not playing tonight, and that's so big for, I mean, so many reasons. It's Anthony fucking Davis, but his rotation on Booker drives is a big reason why Booker's been kind of neutralized this series, and throwing out, like, I mean, who, who like Kuzma to try to replicate that? It's, <laughs> I'm expecting a big game from Booker this Always year. Always, cool. uh, pound, Always Kuz. Yeah. Pound the over on the prop bet for yep. Devin Booker. Also, yep. pound the over on the Chris Paul uh, PRA. I think he's back. Um, <laughs> you know, I talked to a PT today about this, actually. I have an ankle injury, as, as folks know. Uh-huh. So I'm going to PT twice a week on this fucking ankle. And he and I talk, and he's the head of the clinic. And I'm like, what do you think? Do you think AD, groin strain, what do you think? And he goes, 
even if it's minor, no shot he comes back the rest of this series. No way. He goes, there's just no conceivable way. He goes, if you want my real medical opinion, one, Anthony Davis should have been in the best possible shape because he was going through rehab and a lot of different types of rehab. Yeah. Two, Anthony Davis is very injury prone just from a standpoint of his genetics and the ticky tacky like injuries that he goes through. One part, maybe doesn't like to play through pain. Second part, maybe just ends up with a lot of like issues with the soft tissue when you have ankle injury, like ankle issues, knee injuries, it like just trickles everywhere. Yeah. And thirdly, he's probably not going to play till the finals. <laughs> he said that. He's like, it's just, I don't see him playing meaningful minutes at all. A groin strain is so difficult to come back from. It impedes your running, your jumping, everything. So he's saying AD season is over. He told me unless they make it to the finals. They're not getting out of the West without him. So that's what he said. Basically, AD would play in the finals. Shit. So, I mean, that's just his Medical opinion, that's not me. I'm not a doctor. That's just what he told me today, and I was pressing him. And by the way, he's a big Laker fan, so I don't think he had any reason to lie. Uh, I had a friend who had the audacity to text me when it happened, like, oh, like y'all got lucky. Like, no, they were hurt all fucking year. That's why we had to play them. Yes, that's the reason they're like, seven seed. Like, like this is a part of no, no, this no. is a part of their team. By the way, but yeah, this is their team identity. Yeah. You want to talk about the culture of the Lakers? Like injuries are a part of their team identity. Also, you didn't get fucking lucky. This two seed, Marty, you got unlucky playing the Lakers in the first fucking round as a two seed. We haven't been in the playoffs fucking eleven years. Is unlucky. I'm so, so thank God for Suns fans that Anthony Davis got injured. Hate to see people get injured. <laughs> yeah. But when you think about the lucky gods and then your Chris Paul gets injured and just just in time for Chris Paul to get healthy ish again, things you hate to see. He what Chris Paul has been able to do in the middle of a playoff series is really incredible because I don't really know like how much healthier he's gotten, but he's doing different things like he's like driving left and shooting like those jumpers uh, that he does, which he, he I think he did that like four times in game four and he. Hadn't done that basically all year. It's pretty much always to the right. And just <laughs> I for love, him, I love that you have Chris Paul shot chart. Like, I know <laughs> no, I, I love for that for him to be able to do that in the middle of a series <laughs> with LeBron and the defending champion Lakers. That man, that man's a deity. I, I just, I, I, I really wish I could take back everything bad that said. I've said about Chris Paul because I had a lot of them, but. When that. you die and God comes <laughs> down and asks you about all of your Chris Paul slander, you need to say, I took it all back in 2021 on June 2nd, June 1st. Hey, if he gets me this ring, I'll have I'll, more than outweigh with uh, positive compliments. From He's going into the seam. It's insane. The, the, the seam is the thing that's the one open spot that the Lakers give you. No layups. Yeah. That mid-range is all they're willing to give you, which is crazy because Phil Handy act like the mid-range was such a uh, a viable shot that defenders yeah. would actually try to defend it. They're not trying to defend it right there. Mm-hmm. And Chris Paul and Devin Booker are fucking mid-range machines. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Lakers probably going home at six. Oh, no. Sad. Um, and as an aside, despite fighting for his playoff li- life, LeBron James still chirping, still not losing his sense of humor. I don't know if you saw this, Marty, but according to an NBC article dropped right before the recording, he said he would retire if he ever got traded to the Orlando Magic. He said he would rather retire than ever play in Orlando. 
I said I would never talk about the Orlando Magic, but here we are. On the latest episode of The Shop, Braun said he was so sick of Orlando, had PTSD from Orlando, he couldn't even fathom playing there. He said, that's part of the reason I haven't even taken my daughter to Disney World yet. Okay. You've got to understand. I know. Let's get through the news. Right. You've got to understand. Anytime I hear Orlando right now, I get PTSD. I was in the bubble for 95 days. So apparently the over under on the amount of time that any human being can realistically spend in Orlando is right around three months, which I mean, that seems awfully generous. Would he consider Orlando in free agency? He said no chance. What would happen if he were traded there? I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm just going to retire. It's over. LeBron, and then he speaks in the third person. This is what I was talking about. <laughs> LeBron has been traded to Orlando. LeBron lives in Malibu. <laughs> so, I mean, he wasn't sick of Orlando. He was just sick of the resort he was at. Well, I guess they probably had a. You know what? I'm not even going to defend Orlando. I'm not. I won't even touch it. It's indefensible. Yeah. It's one of. Also, Bamani Jones talked about how. The main, the biggest issue that the NBA has is that like half the league has real estate that none of these players want to actually live in. And I went through the list, and he was right. <laughs> Orlando is one one of those <laughs> is one of those uh, places that basketball players will not live uh, on their own for a variety of reasons. All right, this most I would say the most disappointing team in the playoffs this year, Marty, is Julius Randle. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, I, I don't even know who you, who else you would even throw in there to compete with him. Well, the most him. disappointing team is Julius Randle because oh. Julius Randle <laughs> is the entire Knicks organization. And I love D. Rose, but just this team is nowhere yeah. without without Juju Randle. Does he call a boat by Juju? I don't know that he does. He's been a knight in shining armor, the glass slipper, the fucking gleaming gold horse and carriage for the Knicks organization. And then all of a sudden, poof. Turns into a fucking rotting pumpkin right before our eyes. Pelicans Randall. Pelicans Randall. Laker Randall. And I promise you, no one on earth wants a pumpkin in June. No one. <laughs> no one. Mid-October to December 1 pumpkins. That's the only time anyone wants anything to do with pumpkins. A pumpkin outside of Halloween is just a squash. And Julius Randall right now is just not the guy. He, exactly like you said, is Pelicans Randall. So what happened to Julius Randle in the playoffs? Do you think it's pressure? I think DeAndre Hunter is playing really good defense against him, and maybe a little bit of pressure. Maybe I mean, the game changes in the playoffs, and it affects players in different ways. I mean, you see it. We've seen it with Giannis, uh, Ben Simmons. Maybe Randle's one of those guys that just doesn't thrive in the playoffs. It'd be unfortunate. I hope not. But. I hope that he takes the next step. I think you're right because DeAndre Hunter did not play in those games. And you said that. Mm -hmm. You said DeAndre was sitting on the bench. And DeAndre Hunter is putting clamps on Julius Randle. He, I mean, he also, he has changed his entire game from going from a very big disappointment to the most improved player in the league, you don't automatically also become steeled to fucking pressure. Yeah, and like he does, he have playoff experience of any kind. I don't think any. Yeah, I don't think any. So it, 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 hopefully, it's just that you know. Hopefully, it's just the the moment was maybe a little too big right now. But coming back from a like the the second coming in MSG 
after a pandemic, no fans. Now there's fans. It's fucking lit. Spike Lee. Holy shit. Nerves in your fucking stomach. Yeah. You know, and then you're just in a DeAndre Hunter vice. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just on you. Just. <laughs> I, that, like, I like Hunter. DeAndre Hunter is going to be on my most improved watch list uh, next year. He's going to have to score a lot. That's true. To do that. All the Julius Randle slander just coming back and none of it's true. He's averaging 17, 11, and 4 in the playoffs versus 24, 10, and 6 in the regular season. A 25% decline at a time that you need him to be probably 25% better. Right, yeah. Shooting 27% from the field. That one hurts a lot. As in one for four. Man, I like Julius Randle so much it hurts. He's averaging nearly 20 shots a game, four turnovers a game. He's just been sloppy with the rock, so sloppy, like an Instagram thought sloppy. (laughs) Julius does have one defender, though, and his name is Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins is just so tremendous. He says the Hawks are going to win because Julius can't hit the broad side of a barn, but no slander on his name. What? He said this. (laughs) I'll play it for you. I want to address this Atlanta, New York series. First of all, New York, stand down. That's first thing first, okay? I got the Hawks winning, and they're going to win this series in good fashion. But to you New York Knicks fans, can y'all stop with the Julius Randle slander? Please, just stop, What's okay? What's that music in the back? Because without Julius Randle, y'all wouldn't even made it to the playoffs, okay? And then you have to realize, Trey Young, I get it. This is his first time in the playoffs, but Trey Young have seen every defensive coverage there is to see. So he knows how to adjust because he's been he's been getting played this way since college, even in the NBA regular season. So chill out with the Julius Randle slander. I know he's not shooting the ball well, but all this is is a learning experience for him. All right, so the Hawks are going to win because Julius Randle can't shoot the fucking ball, can't hit the broad side of a barn, but folks... No Julius Randle slander. Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> what was that music? First of all. Second of all, he talks so funny. He is so funny. Yeah, I mean, he's he's become a caricature. He's he, he, he fits. He fits in at ESPN. He does. Yeah. Of course, he's not the only one on the Knicks playing bad. The Hawks are certainly playing good. But what what if he did what he averaged in the regular season against the Hawks? I mean, I would say when he was averaging 40, if he was averaging 40 in this series, even if that was the case, I think that the I think the Knicks sweep. They could they would have won game one. They would have get yeah, I think they would have swept. Yeah. Because of just the point differential. If you are the NBA's most improved player and you want to be considered an MVP candidate, which he said he did, which is now bonkers. It's funny when the playoffs come around, all the MVP talk just dies down. Right. The pumpkins are pumpkins and the real ones are the real ones. Uh, So no one in their right mind would consider Julius Randle to be an MVP now. But the fact that they could be going home in five, I can't even see a game at MSG. Sad. Sad. (laughs) This team needs a legitimate shooter. They need someone who can create their own shot, hit from deep. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know these disgruntled stars. I don't know. I think I still think this has been a successful postseason for the Absolutely. Knicks. Yeah, because it has shown just how much more people care about the Knicks than the Nets. Yes, like and how stupid that KD quote was, where he said, "Oh, no one, no one here is thinking about the Knicks right now." Or, or no, no, whatever. everyone, everyone's thinking about the Knicks. Like you could come in and instantly be more popular in New York than Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving and James Harden, and I and think Julius Randle is. He is, yeah, absolutely is. 
Andy Rose. So who is it? Who is going to come in and be the shooter, be the guy who can actually create his own shot when there's pressure on the defense? Who is that guy? Is there a guy that's that's available? I don't know. Is it Kyle Lowry? Are they going to get another point guard? Are they going to trade Obi Toppin? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Third point guard? I don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be Lonzo Ball? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I think they need to trade for someone. I think they need to trade for someone fucking fast. But the future is bright in New York City. Fortunately, you have Leon Rose, World Wide West, who are thinking about these exact questions at this very moment, I promise you. Like, they are probably on the phone (laughs) finding pieces for this team as we speak, which, for Knicks fans, should make you feel a lot better. The Bucs are very good. Mike Budenholzer heard all the fucking talk. I said, get your resume ready, Mike Budenholzer. Maybe I should get my resume ready. Yeah. You know, the Heat, I thought we're going to bounce the Bucks in the first round. Bud's going to be shopping around on ZipRecruiter. And then he took that personally. He took the broom out, slapped him upside the head. Bucks destroy the Heat in four. Maybe, just maybe dismantling the Heat organization where now there's like so much chatter coming out. There's, I don't know if you've heard the rumors on like hoops type and stuff, like Jimmy Butler might be traded. What? Because they don't want, yes. Oh, I didn't see There's that. There's now yeah. new chatter that Jimmy Butler might be traded next season because they don't want to pay him the max, which I get it. Mm. And you now see exactly why the Bucks are good, which is Drew fucking Holiday. Drew fucking Holiday locked Jimmy down. Yeah. Locked him down. Heat culture, though. Heat culture. <laughs> you know who I'm starting to, <laughs> the heat culture thing starting to erode a little bit as <laughs> some things come out. You know, it's amazing how much of a Gestapo organization you can be when you're winning. And then when you're not winning, people get very mad. Andre Iguodala is out. He's gone. He's already moving as we speak. I am hearing that he will retire before coming back to the Heat. Really? I am hearing he wants to go to Golden State and nowhere else. (laughs) So, I mean, they had the Heat were just completely outcoached by Budenholzer, which is fucking insane to say out loud. Because Budenholzer is, I mean, it's Budenholzer. What do you want to say? Like, he's not that good. Tyler Hero was a fucking zero. Jimmy Butler completely neutralized. And like I said, Drew, he changed the entire complexion of this team. Completely. He earned every penny. Yeah. He went 15, 7, and 10, locking down Butler and all of the guards. He averaged 2.3 steals per game. He deflected multiple passes. He was a pest everywhere on D. The Heat just couldn't make anything they couldn't it was like there was saran wrap on the fucking rim because he was just he just like jams everyone doesn't he? he's just like yeah. in your grill he's so small and he's just so mobile and it's like god get the fuck off of me and butler butler shot 36 percent from the field even in his best game and more alarming was butler's 116 defensive rating which was the worst of his entire playoff career and we were expecting, of course, I was, because that's what I would do, the Bucks to crow, to be like, listen up, we here now, yeah, we here, revenge game. <laughs> and Budenholzer's like, no, guess again. Budenholzer said this in the, po- in the post game. we've got a long ways to go, it's the first round of the playoffs, 
I think there's got to be some humility, some humbleness, an attitude or a mindset to get better. What does that sound like, Marty? Sounds like a guy who knows the four games isn't going to keep you employed. (laughs) (laughs) Like nobody, folks, don't get complacent, guys. Budenholzer is elite at coach speak. I will say that. He is. Yeah. We've advanced through the first round. So whoever we play next, we have to have a similar focus, a similar edge, a willingness to play. We know who you're going to play. We're going to play the Nets. Yeah, right. All the things we did, it means nothing if we don't keep doing it going forward. Brooklyn Epps up next. God damn. If the Bucks can play like they did in the first round, it's going to be a fun-ass series. I'm really excited. Fun-ass series. Yeah. Are you trying to go? You want to go? I would love to go. Let's go. Yeah. Even if DiVincenzo was out for the playoffs, I don't fucking care. It's going to be fun. And a lot, like I said before, long offseason begins now with a lot of questions. Jimmy Butler has got to be irate, not just with himself, but his teammates are trash. Duncan Robinson's trash. Tyler Hero's <laughs> trash. Goran Dragic is inconsistent. I mean, they gave up a, a bunch of pieces to like get a guy who's now not going to play until the end of time in um, fucking a funeral for a knee kid. Oladipo and he oh who knows what's happening with him they gave up a Linux they gave up another couple of pieces they gave up Avery Badley like could have used them could have used them and all those guys are probably gone Iriza's probably gone the heat can, heat can match offers for Nunn and Robinson but they're not going to be cheap but hey I guess the good news is they have money to spend I guess yeah is that finals appearance one of the more bizarre finals appearances in the last did feel an asterisk. Felt a little asteriskish. Yeah, I mean that whole play. I mean the whole bubble experience kind of <laughs> does feel like. I, I think that's yeah how it's going to be remembered, which sucks for the Lakers. But, it does suck yeah. for the Lakers and it sucks for the Heat because I think that was probably a very difficult yeah. championship to win. Yeah, but it just ended up just being kind of so weird. Funky. Yeah, so it's just a yeah. one off. If I had to guess, this is what I think the Heat do. I think they stay fucking pat. They keep their guys as many as they can. Pick some pieces up and then they assess at All Star break. They're five hundred. Ship Jimmy out. Get him out. Get him out. <laughs> because he's going to try to make $45 million and $500,000 a year, and he's in his mid-30s. And I promise you, the Heat organization, they don't like to pay. They never like to pay. No organizations do, but the Heat really don't. And truthfully, a guy in his mid-30s getting paid 46 a year, I don't know that that's prudent. So the big question is, were the Heat an asterisk asteriskish flash in the bubble <laughs> or were they just bitten by the COVID bug? I guess we'll find out next year. And in the mean, meantime, though, it is fucking hot, hot, hot in Miami. Lots of pressure on the whole organization. Lots happening in the offseason, I bet. Can we talk about my Blazers? We can. This team could be scary, Marty. Oh, yeah. Or we could just be going fishing. We could be going fishing. Low-key, probably the fir- the best series of them all. Probably, yeah. And just in go- terms of start to finish, yeah. In terms of start to finish, not a surprise given how good the mm-hmm. Western Con- or the uh, second round was between them in 2018, right? Which was also fucking shit on, like just put in like weird times on weird channels. We'll get to that. Jokic, Dame, Michael Porter Jr., CJ, star power. But no one more important than my guy, fucking playoff pal. I was gonna. <laughs> I, I was hoping you would talk about him. He's yeah. I. Ice cold in the first three games. I'm like, Toronto fans, what the fuck? You told me, <laughs> you told me he was going to show up and he was three for 14 from three. Even though he was shooting 50% of the field, he was so bad from three. We need shooters. Shooters. Even though he was locking down Michael Porter Jr., I guess that was stopping him from scoring from deep. He was gassed. I mean, he's 6'10, 
tough to guard. I get it. Four but shots in game four. Four shots in game four. What he held four. him to. Held yeah. him to three points. Fucking in his grill. Let's go. But boy, this team is unstoppable when playoff Powell gets going from deep. Toronto fans, they told me he was going to pay off dividends. And he, man, 11 for 15, 4 for 4 from deep, just blowing out the Nuggets, giving them the business. If he can play like that. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> overall, teams look really, the teams look really good and they both look really bad. They both look like trash sometimes. Denver got called out after the game four loss by Mike, don't call me Mike Malone, who uh, apparently just wants to be called Michael, who called his team soft. You can't get so mad about your name and then be okay calling your own team soft. Like, maybe you're the one that's a little soft. Yeah. Like, you just you just gave Cassidy Hubbard the business right in the middle of the broadcast, and then you call your teams off. Fucked. Anyway, a game four was really weird watching Jokic because like, I've said this now a couple times, and like their strategy is generally, I mean, it's worked pretty well where you just like let him shoot and keep him from dishing the ball out. Like I think he had one assist in game four as well. Yep. But uh, I mean, he also shot like shit, which I which I've been saying, oh, he's gonna make some, he's gonna figure out a way to score. But yeah, that was the first time Jokic looked. Just not that awesome to me. He I remember look, watching. Like, yeah. It was wild yeah. to see in person. Well, not in person, but on the TV. <laughs> the most pivotal character, I think, is probably, again, a man who doesn't even play basketball anymore. Our man, Kendrick Perkins, who <laughs> took to Twitter and buried Yusuf Nurkic and Ennis Cantor saying, this is insane. They were the by far the worst defender defensive players in the NBA. I don't know about that. Nurk took offense to that and then went out and shut Jokic down to 16 points, bodying him on the offensive side and on the defensive side. Then afterwards was like, Perkins is a clown in this NBA, in this modern NBA, he would be a fucking mascot. Oh, my God. This series is going seven, right? It's going seven. Probably. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stand it. I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle this stress. You at least have less stress than me now, which I didn't think. That is not true. Oh, my God. This game tonight is so insane. Game five is approaching tonight, Marty. (laughs) You know what? They did us wrong. They put us up against one another on the broadcast. I know. You know what? Hate that. Game five is approaching. It's coming tonight. New article came out that made me hot. I was so excited. I read it last night at like 11.35 p.m. And I was like an espresso in my veins. So apparently, apparently Damian Lillard has gone to CJ, Cove, Nurkic and said, the time is now. Game five is fucking all there is. This is all that matters. It's the most important game we've ever played in our entire lives. The team that we just completely smashed, put our foots down their teeth in game four. No, do not relax. Do not just say, let's stay locked in. That's what we said after game one. And we got killed in game two. No, no, no. This is it. He's yelling, apparently. He's yelling. He's screaming, which he never does. He even said, like, I never yell, I never scream. So when I yell and I scream, everybody listens. Right. And yeah. It's facts. He's like, yo, everybody come aside. I'm going to take you one-on-one, give you your assignments, <laughs> give you your assignments, keep you crisp, your execution. We've got urgency. Fucking playoff pal, you better lock down Michael Porter Jr. Nurk, you better take out Jokic, Carmelo, Carmelo and Nurkic. Come here. They don't respect you in Denver. They don't fucking like you in Denver. You better put it on them. Man. And Nurkic is playing like a beast. Carmelo playing like a bucket. Playoff pal 
just doing everything that he needs to do. And they're like, this is our West. This is our time. <laughs> Chris Paul can't lift his arm above his head. <laughs> Fucking Anthony Davis is hurt. I, w- I will say like, after the AD injury, because I never look ahead and think about, oh, who do I want to play? It has creeped into my mind. And with Aiton playing the way he's playing and there seeming to be a formula for Jokic. Pulling pretty hard for the Nuggets. Pulling gotta, hard. Gotta, gotta say, gotta I mean, say. Respectfully, yeah. Marty, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I mean, game five is going to be lit. Lit. And if we win game five, we could be over in six. It could be over in six. It could be over in six. <laughs> also, if you live in Denver, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry because you're not going to be able to watch the game. It's blacked out. What? It's blacked out on NBA TV. It is. The disrespect is incredible. Blacked out. People in Denver have not been able to watch Blazers Nuggets games in Denver. Brian Winhurst did a whole podcast about it today. Oh, wow. The best series in the first round. Everyone's healthy in this series. And we can't even make cable TV, Marty. We can't make TNT. We can't make ESPN. We can't make ABC. (laughs) This is fucking garbage. Get mad, Denver fans. Call your senator. Call your governor. This is fucking bullshit. You should not have to get on crack screens, crack streams and fucking airplay the game onto your flat screen TV and every four and a half minutes have to reset it when you're Chromecasting your illegal stream on your TV. That is insane thing to have to worry about when you're watching Damian Lillard shoot from 30. Do you know how many missed Damian Lillard shots you're probably going to experience because your fucking fake stream coming through on your TV is not working? It's just, I mean, what are we doing here? What kind of low budget fucking, I don't even want to say what kind of Bush League ass thing this is, but oh well, that's fine. We'll get out of here in six, but this is going to be a goddamn lit playoff game. Go Blazers. Uh, That's all the time that we have this league podcast. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please review on Apple and Spotify. It makes a massive difference for us. Huge. Like, that's pretty much all that matters is like new subscribers. We also have this league playoff merch on. Please stop sleeping on the playoff merch. Please buy some <laughs> fucking t-shirts for us. Be a supportive fan. Please be a supportive fan. Please. And buy some for your friends. I don't care who wears them. <laughs> Extra large, small. Don't care if it's for your dog. I don't care. Do not forget to follow us on at this league and at Trista Crick on TikTok, IG, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for listening. Tune in. I don't even know when we're going to record the show. I think Thursday night. (laughs) Tune in Friday afternoon for the next episode of This League. The bigger they come, the harder they fall. It's time to risk it all.
Get off. 